This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. What is up, Z-Pack? It's your boy, ZDogMD. Okay, today, today, we're doing something super special. Because you guys know, you guys know how I feel about technology. It is a double-edged sword in healthcare, right? The EHR, while promising us all these wonderful things, has brought us a kind of dehumanization. We're now treating this computer instead of treating patients. So when I heard about Banyan Medical Systems virtual provider technology, I was pretty triggered. I was like, wait, this sounds like it's going to dehumanize us further, bringing a telepresence at the bedside in the hospital. And then I saw it. And the first time I saw it was at Stormont Vale Health System in Kansas, uh, in Topeka. And I met the nurse. I was in the room. I saw it done. And I was like, this is a thing. And Banyan actually reached out and they're like, we'd like to actually sponsor a show to show people what this is and to teach you what it's really about. And I was like, I'm game. So I'm here now at Marin Health and we have a setup so where we can show you how this works and how it might actually improve the safety, not just of patients, but of actual bedside practitioners and improve outcomes and improve the tools and the resources and the autonomy that we actually have as bedside practitioners. So I want to start because we have a co-host today, Karen Reese. She's the chief nursing officer of Marin Health and is, I'm so excited that you can walk us through this because they're actually using this stuff over here. Correct. Hi, Dr. Z, thanks for coming. Well, thanks for having me. You know, even after the restraining order wore off, you were a little reluctant, I know, but now I'm, now we're here and it's yes. all good. Yeah, yes, yeah, yeah. Yes, yes, So, you know, listening to your intro and saying, you know, virtual might be a little dehumanizing, mm. I do hope that after you spend your time with us, that you're going to see it in a different light. If anything, it helps, you know, take care of the human life, if you will, and especially with our patients here. So, you know, you told me something before the show that really got my interest, and that is when people come to the hospital, they're really coming for one thing. That's really. correct. And what is that? So, people are coming to the hospital to have 24 hour nursing care. If they didn't need 24-hour nursing care, we take care of them outside of the hospital. So they come here because they need to be monitored 24-7. That's the criterion for them to be here with us in a hospital. So having said that, 
then you might say, well, Karen, does that mean there's a nurse next to my mom who's in the hospital 24 hours a day? Mm. And there's the conundrum. Yeah. Because yes, we, we are providing care, but is it direct care all the time? And with what's happening with our patients, we're going to talk a little bit about a technology of a sitter um, piece or a virtual uh, safety camera. Because again, you know, these patients do require a lot of them 24 hours visualization of, you know, to maintain safety and such. And, you know, for me as a hospitalist, this got my interest because when I was touring around in Stormont, we have limited resources. We, we cannot have a nurse at the bedside 24 hours a day. Correct. Even in critical care, it's like 20 hours of. That's correct. So in the in the ICU, and this is pretty much across the country, we 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 budget our nursing hours. What's called WUPOS, worked hours per unit of service. It's a big and, word. I know WUPOS. <laughs> <laughs> um, but in the ICU, it's about twenty hours. Okay, so that means four hours of every day, even in a critical care unit, a nurse is not touching the patient. Mm. But then when you move out to a medical unit where my you know, the ratios are higher, you know, one to four, one to five, that WUPOS, worked hours per unit of service, is now 13. So that means 13 hours a day is where you have direct care for the patient. Mm. So what does that mean for the other 13 hours? Obviously, we're still providing care for them, but are we touching them that full 24 hours? You know, I've been in those situations where you're looking down the hall and the call lights are just dum, 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 yeah. dum, 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 right? It's like we a have Vegas no lock. Zone, so yes, okay. Ah, yes, yes, yes. And by the way, just so you guys know, so by the way, this is going to be important for nurses, doctors, case managers, pretty much anyone who works in the hospital can be affected by this because again, we're trying to see how can we bring more resources actually at the bedside Correct. without dehumanizing, actually Correct. by improving the human relationship. Correct. So giving our bedside nurses, say, tools that they can use in addition to what they already have. Yes. And just so you guys know, I am looking at your comments in real time and we're gonna take them as we go. And I gotta say, Adam West already said, hey, this is the show he's been waiting for. So oh, we're gonna nice. show you, Adam West, Mr. <laughs> Batman, what is up. Should we go in and actually yes. look at this? Yeah. So what I, I'm gonna describe to you what you're gonna see first. Mm. So this is the virtual platform. So this is actually where we're gonna experience a virtual case manager, okay? So again, it's not to replace, okay? Hang on. Okay. All of my case managers have been virtual, even when they're right in front of me. Boom, I'm just saying. I'm kidding. You know I love you, case management fam. Yeah. Please continue. No, well, you know, just like nursing, uh, case managers have ratios. They have a big pool of patients they have to take care of. So this technology, you'll see in this case scenario how the virtual case, the case manager did connect with the patient, but there's always opportunities for them to reconnect and how can they do it where they feel like, yes, I can get back into that room, even if I'm four floors away or I'm in the middle of something else, but the patient who I saw needs me for something. So, and this is key, because Donna Lordy, who's a case manager, one of our supporters actually, uh, is watching this. and. We all know you have the conversation with the case manager, but then getting across the hospital, getting back in that room can yeah. be a challenge. But it's so important that that human connection, right, right. especially when you're dealing with you know things like discharge planning, sniff, all these right. other things. 
So we're going to see how you might be able to help with that. Yes, yeah. and remember, a lot of this is predicated on the fact that you give patients time to think about what was said, they inevitably have questions, but then that person is not there. So that can make a difference between a successful discharge or home plan and not, you know, whether they have the opportunity to ask those questions. And remember, this is a real live case manager right. in the flesh yes. just doing it through this technology. Right. And it actually leverages that person's ability to have relationships. Yes much faster. And the reason, by the way, the reason we're at Marin Health is they are actually using this technology in really cool, innovative ways. And so we wanted to see on the front line how it's working. So let, let's okay. take a look. Yeah. So come on in and I'd like to introduce, this is Carrie Schofield. She is my Hi, director Dr. Z. Nice to meet you. Welcome to Marin Health. And this is our patient, Amit Gandhi, who's really in some trouble here. So. Um, You'll hear a little bit more about Amit and what he's done. Amit, you're a brother, okay? I'm telling you. <laughs> number one. Okay, number two, suck it up, get out. Why are you in the bed? I broke both of my legs. Both legs? Both. You know what my dad would say? I Walk it off. <laughs> two legs broken. I have, hands. I have hands. You have hands. So you're, you're actually suffering, and I just put my hand yes. on your broken leg. And I'm on a lot of drugs. So a lot of drugs, a lot of pain. How can our, this technology help and what does it look like? So Dr. Z, this is actually, Mr. G has a, a pretty common situation that we encounter, particularly here at Marin Health because we live right in the Bay Area on the Bay. So Mr. G broke both his legs and he adamantly wanted to go home. That was the plan. But he told his case manager when he was admitted that he lives on a boat. Now he's having some second thoughts about whether that plan is really going to work to get on and off the boat with two broken legs. So he told his bedside nurse that he's worried about his discharge and we're going to call the case manager and get her on the, on the telescreen so she can talk with him. Is that okay with you? Absolutely. Living on a boat? You're living the dream. It's not a yacht. It's, it's not. It's just a little boat. Yeah, that makes it tough. Let's take a look at this. So we have in the room a screen here, and this is what I saw in Kansas. And what really impressed me was how real time the video feels. So it's actually a very fast refresh rate, which I'm really picky about video. Like if you're using Skype or something like that, you're you have this like blocky kind of frame rate. It's really goofy. You feel a little disconnected. But with this thing, like it, we were using a virtual nurse there, it was like the nurse was in the room with me in real time. And we can show them the camera over here. So there's a camera up here, and the thing can swivel, it can turn, it can, uh, it can move around, and uh, can actually capture pretty much everything that's happening in the room. So let's come over here real quick while that thing's booting up. The, um, the interesting thing is, and I wanted to ask you guys this, with a camera in the room, that means that the virtual provider, whether it's a case manager, whether it's a nurse, or whether it's a hospitalist or a physician, right, can see in that room, can be activated. The patient can call them, they can buzz in, the camera can zoom in right to the tray table, see what's going on with med rec, all these kind of interesting things, and can help the people who are actually at the bedside. So if you imagine like, I'm rounding with a team, and I come in and I'm like, you know, Where's the nurse? Oh, she's in bed seven, um, changing a dressing. Well, we really need to know like a couple of questions and then also we need to let her know some things or him know some things. Well, we can pull up the virtual 
provider, they come on the screen, they zoom in on you, they zoom in on the patient, and it's a conversation between human beings. It just so happens that there is a screen intermediating it. But there's humans there, which is very different than a staff message or an email or a text, which puts us in what I like to call electronic silos. So when I saw this, I thought, you know, this is actually a way that we can actually leverage our human resources with technology while making it more relatable. How's our, how's our technology working? We're pulling it up? It's funny, it was working fine before, but you know, this is like a demonstration, and so of course it will, uh, it will code while we're actually running. Let's, yeah. let's look at some comments. So see, Donna Lordy, Skype is actually not HIPAA compliant, it's the wrong encryption. That's true, and this of course is internal, right? So it's all very, very uh, high streaming rates, HIPAA compliant, and the way that the person who is actually, say the case manager is actually providing the care, they're in another room, usually in the hospital, in the same hospital, and they have all the resources right there. So they have the patient's image, they have uh, you know, the EHR open, they're able to write orders and change things and, and write notes and make things happen. And so in a way, when I talked in particular to the nurse, the virtual nurse in Stormont, she was like, this is an amazing way to provide nursing care. Now remember, my innate skepticism was this is gonna dehumanize us. It's gonna turn us into more screen lookers. And the truth is what I found was the opposite, which is why I'm actually here doing this. Um, we're still booting. You know what we can do is we can... Yeah, some folks we wanna talk let's to. Let's talk to some let's folks and we'll come back and yeah, look at this. Yeah, Because you gotta see this thing work. It's yeah, crazy. Yeah. So over here, there's the kind of back end of it. And uh, ooh, what's in the fridge? Oh, I'm totally gonna steal somebody's food. Shh, over here. What up, family? I'm a host of people in here. This is very, very scary. Yes. Lots of people. Yeah. Well, we're gonna, we're gonna break it down into segments. So, yeah. like I said, the first part that I wanna just sort of showcase with you and have my team talk about is the virtual provider. So this is, or the safety um, provider. So this is the 24-hour camera that we installed actually on Lisa Ricketts uh, medical unit back in March. So it's a 40-bed unit mm -hmm. that we installed this 24-7 uh, camera. So a couple things, it's live, it's not recorded, nothing is saved. Yeah. Okay? So we actually brought this in originally because of wanting to reduce our falls. Yeah. So we have a pretty um, robust fall bundle, but we saw we were still having issues. So I want to talk a little bit about that process and really where it's gone to now, which is far bigger than just a fall camera, if you will. So, so this is why I really wanted to come to Marin Health because they like brought out their, all their crew that actually are doing this stuff, right? And if you're talking about fall risk, like everybody knows, we try our best and patients still fall. And so what's that extra thing we can do? So let's talk about that. So who, who wants to tell me about this fall thing? Lisa? Sure, I'd love to. And you're an RN? I am an RN. Awesome, yeah, awesome, awesome. Thanks. Thanks for talking to us. All right, now we gotta speak up because our camera's over here and some of my homies are like, you guys need to speak up. And you know what I say to that? You need to speak up, okay? In the comments, actually ask us <laughs> questions because it's awesome. So tell me about this, Lisa, the fall prevention piece. Yes, 
So we have a falls bundle um, that we've always had, and we've had, on my unit especially, we have a lot of high fall risk patients, a lot of elderly, a lot of confused patients. So we implemented this um, virtual um, companion, or we call it a safety camera on the unit, and it helps keep a, I just call it an extra set of eyes on the patients. And they uh, monitor the patients, anybody that we consider a high fall risk. Uh, we place them on the virtual sitter. We give a little report to the uh, safety camera um, people down in the, in the room. And then they call us or they can actually remote in to talk to the patient if the patient is able to uh, understand, has the cognition to do that and just say, you know, we're going to get your nurse. Please wait. Don't get out of bed. <laughs> and then we've kind of keyed into that. And when we can hear it, we actually pop in there first. Um, so this has been an addition to our uh, many safety uh, falls prevention bundle in, um, parts that we put together to try to reduce our falls. So this is fascinating because it's not some computer doing this. It's a human being on the other end monitoring. What's the sort of staffing ratio of that individual and who are they? That's so Oh my gosh, yeah. how, how convenient that we have a telegenic <laughs> nurse who actually does this. So, so tell, me, tell me about how this thing works. Okay, so what it is is that we have cameras placed in um, all the single private rooms to help watch the patient and what it is is we'll have like up to 20 patients at one time that we're watching and um, we can um, unmute each room to hear it, hear each patient. So if we see a patient kind of restless, struggling, anything like that, you know, we can unmute, ask them, hey, like, Mr. Doe, like, are you okay? Do you need anything? Do you need your nurse? And we had an instance last week where that patient actually, like, um, you know, he, he voiced out like, yes, like, I need to use the restroom. And then, you know, I told him just, I reassured him, give me one moment, I'm going to call your nurse for you. And I got a hold of the nurse, and then I told him, hey, your nurse is coming. He's like, thank you, sweetheart. And it's just like, you know, those kind of things, like, really help. An actual human interaction. Yeah, yeah. And, and, you know, like, he was able to know that, you know, we do care that we're there for him. And that, you know, he doesn't need to just get up and try to get to the bathroom by himself because he was struggling. What's, what's it like being the person monitoring 20 people for falls? Oh, it's, it's nerve-wracking. Definitely, yeah. Yeah. Um, but you know, like we we try our best to um, work as a team because there's four of us in the room. Oh, we also watch their tellies. Yeah. And um, sometimes if we can't reach somebody right away, we have like two or three of us trying to call each a CNA a nurse, the you know the charge nurse, somebody to get into there um, as soon as possible. Yeah. 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 So so. so Okay, and, and is this the only thing you do now, or you're doing other things? So I'm a I'm a centralized monitoring tech. So I I, I also watch the EKGs, right? But I also do a visual sitter as a safety companion. Where my where my telly peeps at? You know what I'm saying? You guys are. So, I'm always going in. I'm like, hey, so can you show me the strip on three? And you know the great thing is y'all can diagnose it a lot of times better than I can because I'm not the sharpest tool in the shed. But, so thank you for what you're doing. Yeah, that's really helpful. So let me ask a question then to the to the group, um, and we got to speak up because uh, the, the, that's our that's our microphone, and so we'll end up bringing it in close when we ask. What have the outcomes been from this? Because it seems like a good idea, but until you actually go, well, is it dropping fall rates? You wonder if it actually worked. So, what have you guys had experience with that? 
Well, what we found so far... Oh, sorry, what's your name? I'm Nicole. Nicole. I manage the centralized monitoring department. Uh, and Diane. that was Diane. Diane's yes. one of my great employees. Um, what we found so far, we've collected a lot of data. Um, every call that these guys make, they jot down um, an incoming call, an outgoing call. How long does it take a provider to get to the room after they call somebody? Um, and what were they calling for? Mm. So we've been collecting a lot of data, um, but what we found are quite a few exciting um, safety catches, if you will, um, as we've gone along these last few months. Um, and Diane can speak to some of these as well. We've had patients remove their IPAPs and are struggling to breathe. We call the nurse right away, get somebody in there. We've had them removing other medical equipment, trying to pull IVs, foleys, uh, removing their oxygen. We've even seen um, patients' family members come in and um, uh, try to feed a patient who's NPO. Oh, yeah. Down, aspiration precautions. Caught you, sucker. <laughs> uh huh. You think you can just hit the BK and get that Whopper for your patient with NPO and not bring fries for the Z Dog? Okay, I see you now. So, so it sounds like that's actually super helpful. But, yeah. but I heard something about, too, like on the other end. If patients are getting agitated with a provider in the room, if something's Absolutely. wrong, do you have any examples of that? Yeah, we actually have a great example. We have uh, Pam Drake here, who is one of our nurses who experienced this firsthand. So, so Pam, <laughs> nice to meet you. So you know that it's part of our platform that keeping our healthcare people safe is a huge priority. Absolutely. And so how, how does this relate to that? Because it seems to me like we're keeping patients safe, but what about us? Absolutely. So I had a situation where I was next door to a room that a nurse yelled out for help. So I went there immediately. I knew he was on virtual sitter. And so I summoned them to call for our site code 2000. Oh. So we got, you know, people. People in the room. And they come pretty fast because oh, yeah. you're there and you're dialed in. So it's another set of eyes because yes. I've heard, I can't tell you how many stories I've heard from people at the bedside where a patient gets agitated or a family member gets threatening. And by the time something happens, they're in a chokehold or there's a stethoscope around their neck or something's happening and you cannot get security in there because how's that person even gonna let somebody know, right? Unless they're wearing something. In this case, there's eyes watching and, and that's great. Now that gets me to the other question. With the eye in the room watching, how do patients feel about this? Are there privacy concerns? We know it's not recorded, so we're not making like some creepy tape that then is gonna be used you know, in legal proceedings or something. It's not like that. It's a real-time live thing. But the question is, how do patients feel about this in terms of privacy? Who wants to help me with that? I think it's 50-50. Um, most people accept it mm -hmm. and appreciate that they are being looked after. Um, other people might feel a little um, paranoid mm. about having that camera. Mm. So we try to then um, compromise with them. If we turn the camera off, then we have to use other means like the bed alarms or um, a little safety belt or what have you. So the key thing is working with the patient yes. and saying, okay, this is a good fit for you. Oh no, this is a concern of yours. Okay, let's use other means to keep you safe. Mm -hmm. That may not be as effective, mm -hmm. but we're gonna do our best to work with you. Exactly. I think that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Uh, it's not a one size fits all. Yeah. And uh, you know, as Ta Tony says, patient protection is good. Um, you know, there's questions about like, is this a big brother thing? But if you think about it, when we monitor for seizure activity, we have cameras in the room. When we're doing virtual ICU or we're in an ICU, often there's cameras in the room. There's security cameras every single place you go. If this is a camera situation that's connected to a human who can interact with you, 
It's a very different experience. Now, people in the comments are going to say, and I know this because this was my concern, are we then, again, taking away resources from the bedside and putting them in virtual care? And, and the truth is, what I've seen is actually, no, we're actually, like, you know, when Diane is staffing the fall prevention thing, that is a much more effective use of, of that eyeball set. And then the nurses can actually have more resources on the floor. And the same goes with a hospitalist. If they're rounding and they need to get in touch with someone or a case manager, it's so much faster and easier to have a human connection, right? Because that's the key thing. Whether you're on a phone call, whether you're doing video, it's a human connection. It doesn't necessarily have to be face-to-face, -face, although that's the gold standard for human relationship. But this is the next best thing. And the truth is, it way beats a text or a staff message any day, right? It's, it's not asynchronous, it's in real time. And that's what really connects it. Hey, Dr. Z. Karen. You know, when you were talking about, um, you know, how do patients feel about this, there's an example of how they actually manage the flow. And let's say the patient's getting a bath. Mm -hmm. They know the nurse is there and they will turn off the camera so that that privacy is upheld and mm. they will you know voice in to say are you done can we come back on so you can speak yeah. to that actually um, we have instances where um, the nurses do call us if the patient is requesting for privacy and they'll be like can you please pause the camera and we have um, each box has a little pause button and then they'll call us back right after they're done and we can unpause it and um, resume watching okay yeah, yeah that, that was interesting to me because you don't want a person with a camera watching you while you're on the commode unless you're a fall risk and so on and so forth so that's actually super helpful um and so you have the you have the patient safety component you have the the caregiver safety component you have other interesting leverages for what you can do right so you can think about how would med reconciliation work or safety checks for double checking you know you're doing something that camera can zoom in right on the patient's armband it can zoom in on any paperwork that's there it's really kind of robust uh, video and as a video nerd I saw it working and I was like dude this is actually cool because you could imagine you could do it in a way that doesn't work very well this actually works quite well anyone from Banyan want to talk about that like how the how the is this Beth yeah Beth, what up girl what up thanks for <laughs> thanks for doing this with us yeah. so you're with Banyan you guys are in like Nebraska right Nebraska is a corporate office, but obviously we're in a number of states around the country. And so, you know, the whole goal about fall and safety in the hospital ride is to have zero. Yeah. Uh, we all know that elderly people that fall and break hips, their life isn't as long as uh, you would expect it to otherwise be. And so in the hospitals where we have uh, the safety companions, live not only are you preventing people from falling but you're also looking at other safety things that they've shared uh, during um, the previous uh, discussion with the staff that are actually doing the work yeah so you're actually also improving overall outcomes by getting data and more uh, interesting stuff through the through the technology and, and, and but so tell me more about the virtual nurse piece of it because that hasn't gone live here but it has gone live at places in Kansas and so on yeah we yeah. have a virtual nurse in, in a number of other hospitals and the, and the nurse 
uh, that is virtual, just like we're gonna see with the case manager. Um, it's a two-way video with our safety companions. Obviously, it's a one-way video. We're watching the patient, they're not watching us. Right. Uh, but with the virtual nurse, it's a two-way um, high-resolution camera. And it really adds the support system around our, our bedside nurses. So it's not replacing a bedside nurse, it's not taking the role, but there are functions that the virtual nurse can take from the bedside nurse as part of a, a team to allow that bedside nurse then to have more touch points with the patient. So the virtual nurse can start the admission process and do the admission history um, in preparation uh, for the bedside nurse to come do the physical component of the uh, admission assessment. Um, a lot of patient education, it's very difficult when you've got four or five patients and you really need to sit down and talk about their heart failure, talk about their medications, talk about their diet and really have the time dedicated to do that. The virtual nurse can do that as part of the bedside care team. And then the bedside nurse that's taking care of them, right, then they are doing validation, they're doing teach back, they're making sure the patient understood. So, those, so all those components of an education process can be done as the team comes together for the patient. And for the patient, um, it's like you and I talking. So I'm not checking your IV bag, I'm not checking anything else. I'm on the other side of the camera, so for the patients, they feel a very engaged person on the end. They feel someone um, that is connecting with them because I'm doing nothing but looking, looking at you as we're talking through and educating and I can share my screen so you can see all the educational material or whatever else we're doing. When the physician comes into the room, I can bring your x-ray up so the doctor can you know, really effectively explain um, those things so that I can better involve you and engage you in your care. Now, see, to me that's very compelling. And the thing is, you're an RN, correct? I am. You're the Chief Nursing Officer of Banyan. I am. So you know that translation from bedside technology and the business components of it have to all align for it to actually make any difference for patients. And when we talk about Health 3.0, gang, like we're talking about technology-enabled human relationships. That's the one-line description that are team-based. And so you mentioned the team. So now you have a teammate who's here, mm -hmm. teammates who are in the room, and the patient is the biggest part of the team. Yep. And so having that education, and I think Karin said it in the first part of the show, a lot of times, you know, a case manager will give information and then the patient will think about it or the family will come in and they'll have questions. How do we then answer that in a very accessible way? Well, you know, even us, you know, you have to hear it more than one time, right? And so you have that redundancy of information that the patient is receiving and the family comes later and the patient says, well, you know, I don't, I don't know what that really meant. And so the mm. bedside caregiver, the virtual nurse, you know, they can call and then they get that reinforcement. Mm. Um, and, and the engagement of the patient and their family um, to be able to really hardwire and make smooth the education and then the discharge process um, makes that home transition and transition to care more effective because we really don't want them to have to come back to the hospital either through the emergency room or another hospital admission. And so getting all those pieces with education, engagement of the patient, and the ability for the bedside care team, the virtual nurse and the bedside nurses, 
to reinforce all of the education and communicate with each other, hey, I just finished the education on their new medication, Lasix. You can go in and give it now. Mm. So the bedside nurse goes in, right? Mm. Um, says, hey, tell me what you learned about Lasix. Because we usually do it one way, right? So now we can say, tell me what you learned about Lasix. And they can, it's my water pill or, you know, whatever. And then the nurse also understands, oh, I need to do a little more reinforcement of this function, this side effect. And so really everybody comes together. You may have novice nurses, you know, um, and those novice nurses may say, gosh, I've never done this or that before. And uh, my preceptor is tied up. So the virtual nurse can help them through that process um, too. It's a long-range strategy, obviously here, but um, in other parts of the country where we haven't, the novice nurses really appreciate the support. Again, we're not re replacing any bedside caregiver, getting rid of any bedside caregiver. This is a way to augment the bedside care team with all of the demands that's placed on their time. Let, 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 let me put an exclamation point on what she said, okay, which was beautifully said. You're not replacing human beings with this interaction. You're adding to the current human beings that are interacting with patients in a way that is an effective use of that relationship. This is why I was convinced from being a pretty serious skeptic. And you know what's interesting? So this is interesting. So you work for Banyan, you're, you've been working with them, all right? I'm ZDog MD. I'm supposed to tell people what's up, right? <laughs> Which means you and I might be in disagreement on a lot of things if you're a company that makes some garbage product that is right. gonna impede my ability to care for patients or is just a billing tool or something that I don't care about. When I was in Kansas, and I saw, I was touring the facility because I did a talk at Stormont Vale and I saw they do these huddles and I rounded with the hospitalist team and I went to the hospital. They just casually showed me, you know what we're doing is this cool virtual nurse thing. And I was like, so you're trying to replace nurses, you take our job. And they were like, no, in fact, look at this. We're not changing staffing, but we're adding this person. Then I, taught, I, I saw it happen and I was like, wow, that's a thing. Then I went upstairs to the room where the virtual nurse was, and I said, okay, tell me the truth. You don't work for Banyan. I don't care about any of this stuff. Does this suck or what? Like, is this a terrible job? Is it, is it a misuse of your nursing education? And she's like, no. This is my ability to care for people in a way that it, it, it leverages my bedside experience. Yeah. And this was a hardcore bedside nurse, and she's like, now I can take care of all these patients, and I have all these resources, and I help my friends and colleagues, and we all go to the same break room and hang out. And so I said, that's a thing. Well, so I'll tell you, I'm a longtime chief nurse executive, large uh, public health system like uh, Karen. And, you know, you get to a point where the complexity of the patients has continued to increase, right? I mean, it's, it's not a secret. Every nurse and every provider in the, in the country could tell you our patients are getting sicker. Well, the problem with that is let's make sure the experience level of our staff continue to grow at the same rate. And the, the issue across the country now is many hospitals, their novice nurses are making up half the workforce. Yeah. And so we can't have our patients with increased complexity in our staff um, not as experienced. And so the whole team can come together with mentoring and coaching and double checking, like you said, the precision of the camera allows us to do the safety checks that we need to do. And so through that whole process, uh, bedside nurses get 
better support. They get expert nurses uh, helping to participate in the care experience of patients. And it's through all of those events that not only will we improve the care of patients, but we're gonna improve the life of um, and the well-being of the nursing staff. Hey, hey Dr. Z. Yes, ma'am. Oh, we can actually, oh, we are patients ready to go. I got to read this one comment, though, because it relates to what you say. Kristen Bruce Clifford says, our EICU partners have in no way taken away from our staffing. They are part of our team and not a replacement for it. And I cannot emphasize that more because if this were a replacement, then I would not be here because y'all know what we're about, right? So let's go see how this thing works, and then you can get a feel. Anything new in the fridge now? Because if anything's changed, mustard packets. They're delicious and highly nutritious, very high sodium. All right, let's go in here. You're back. Hey, My legs are still broken. Back. Yo, bro, I gotta say. Oh, jeez. Oh, I'm, I'm a typical doctor. I don't listen. I've already interrupted you three times. I see you have a has some help in the room now. I do. Who is this? Hello, my name is Felicia. I am his virtual case manager. What up, Felicia? Thank you. Um, so what I will be doing with him is going over his options for a facility, a skilled facility, because he had an accident and he lives on a boat <laughs> and cannot return to a boat. I'm on a boat. Yo, hey, if you're on the shore, then you sure ain't me. Oh, sorry. Continue. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. G, you have that list in front of you, correct? Yes. It's on up the on the screen. On the screen. Oh, let's take a look at that. Yeah, so I have pulled up the list, and we're going to review your options. Do you have any preferences? Uh, just something close to the medical center. All right, so we have Marin Post-Acute. We have uh, South, South Marin Health and Wellness, and also Tamapias. Well, I think South uh, Marin was the one my friend went to. I'll take that one. All right, so let me go ahead and go to their website. All right, and what you need is a therapy, physical, occupational, and they have that for you, okay? Great. So you're going to go there, you're going to get stronger, and then hopefully be able to go back to your boat. So what I need to do is send over your medical information to the facility and also let your uh, nurse know so we can update your plan of care, okay? That's awesome. Thank you. You are welcome. Is there anything else I can help you with? No. All right, perfect. All right. So, Dr. C. I mean, how is that massively different mm -hmm. than her coming in here and standing here and saying the same thing? You know, it's not a mm -hmm. huge difference. And if, wow. if it doesn't replace her coming in in the first place, you know, it's an augmentation or if there's always staff available and that's there too, right. as a patient, I would want that. Mm. And, and again, if you're turning it off, it's not constantly monitoring, you have some control over that as a patient, it's not a big brother thing. Uh, it's a very different experience. And you can see how seamless it is. It's very uh, real time. It's not recorded, it's live, she's there. And you know, normally when you have all this set up, she's got all your EHR and everything there. She can go in, get resources, give you actual information. Like, to me, that is the correct use of technology. We do it so wrong in so many other ways, and here's a way that actually 
works, right? So for me, it's, it's really interesting. And again, if it helps us actually give better care, then why are we so resistant? And I think it's normal for us to resist stuff like this. We should be very skeptical. We should be concerned that it's gonna dehumanize us more because guess what? They sold us EHR and look what happened. Now we're trying to make it more human. How about we start with something that's pretty human, which is video and put it in a hospital with staff that actually are there and you see what happens. So Karin, other yes. thoughts on this, yeah. Well, I mean, as you see, there's so many uh, case uses, and we're um, also going to be rolling it out with our hospitalists. How's that going to work? So with the hospitalists? Well, sort of pretty much what you saw with case management. They'll, they'll round with their patients, which they do in the morning, but how many times, and you, you know this, the patient has a question a few hours later, and they actually go to the nurse and said, can I see, can I talk with my physician? Can you get a hold of my physician? Inevitably, the physician's already moved on. They're three floors away. You know, they get the ping that a patient wants to talk to them or the family member just came. So, you know, there's a, there's a limited resource of our hospitalists, right? And they have a panel. So this is gonna allow them to virtual in to the patient room and say, hi, Mr. Gandhi. I, here you have a follow-up question, you know, how can I help you? So they, they already have a relationship, and so that will, you know, that can transpire. The other case history, we do a nurse-physician rounding, and sometimes when they come to round on the patient, the nurse is, you know, giving meds, um, things like that. So when the nurse is available, they can come in and they can do be part of the round with the nurse when the nurse is unencumbered. Yeah. So, you know, again, it's, it's the ability to connect people, whether you're connecting a patient, whether you're connecting other providers. We, we are so busy running around, we spend a lot of time trying to connect. And that's sometimes one of the most difficult sort of pain points for us. And ultimately, patients more often would like to see their nurse, their provider, their case manager multiple times. So I, I think Karen just pretty much nailed why I was compelled to come and do this and it's because it is another way to connect in human relationship and that's what Health 3.0 is aspiring to. This idea that we can use technology and use cool things to actually bring humans and a team together in service of the patient and guess what it actually empowers the patient and one of the things we often talk about on the show is the patient accountability if we're educating and they're not hearing what's the thing well what if we do it at multiple touch points leverage technology use it in a way that patients can understand with the screens and everything together with the human piece you can actually improve outcomes and that's what we're trying to do so we're trying to shine a light on bright spots oh nice hi there <laughs> and um and and oh there she is on the big screen let's take a look look at that so this is the best way actually to interact with her because now she can shout at me about my poor health coverage for sniff because <laughs> i was admitted obs by that creepy hospitalist and now i don't have enough days all right see that's yeah, all so the nod is all i need we're good. <laughs> <laughs> so, guys, I think this is uh, 
what Banyan Medical Systems is doing, what Marin Health is. They're so kind to let me come here. There's really, they just wanted to show people what they're doing and they were excited and they brought all their staff here and people who are actually taking care of patients and helping people. And so I'm so grateful to them. Karn, thank you oh, so much. Please come back and see us. Oh, uh, this yeah? This evolution and it's making, right? It's exciting. Yes. Yes. Because we're yes. trying to build this future thing yes. without uh, without taking away what makes medicine special, which is this. Yes. Yeah. Now, the humanistic aspect, I mean, you know, as a nurse, that's primary. So never will we lose that. But clearly we are challenged in how we can provide the care that we need with what's happening right now in healthcare, whether it be the acuity of the patient, more OBS patients versus inpatient. I mean, you know, it just seems like the barriers for us, those always incrementally rise. So what, what's out there to help us and ultimately help the patient? Absolutely. You know? Now, um, was there anything else we needed to talk about? Uh, no, I would just say that, you know, to get this up and running, it's not an easy thing because, you know, the leaders of organizations go, well, what do, you, what do you mean virtual? What does that mean? It's the same thing that everybody says. What, we're not going to have care providers anymore? So you got to get your C-suite to, like, you know, be able to do it, you know, to sign off on it. And I started with Banyan over three years ago. So three years ago, I started the conversations with them and... Um, it took probably over a year to even get this authorized, and I had a pressure to get it in a brand new building so it was wired. So try talking to people who don't understand, you know? So your CEOs, your CFOs, it's even more foreign to them than it is to us. So you can't give up. I have to give you a hug. <laughs> I know the struggle is real. I tried to run a clinic telling people, look, this actually helps people, it brings it. And then you're talking to people now, but, but our uh, PM, PM is 22, and according to our uh, calculations. Yeah. So, you know, the struggle is real, people. I think yeah. there are solutions that can help us, that won't dehumanize us, right. that will give us the leverage to be caregivers again. One thing I have to end with is Liliana Cook, one of our valued supporters and commenters, said something that I think is clinically astute that Mr. Gandhi here mm -hmm. needs to be defibrillated. And I think we just need to go ahead. <laughs> oh, no, and because this is a life and death thing, I think oh. we just need hey, paddles. Go Hit me paddles. with the paddles. Okay, here they come. Hit stop, this can't be broadcast, all right? We out, guys, I love you. Peace. Hey, it's Dr. Z. Thanks for getting through the whole episode. That's a huge accomplishment. <laughs> and so at this point, I just got to ask you for a few favors because it just helps us so much if you leave a review on your favorite podcast platform and subscribe. It, it just really helps the algorithm to get this message out to others. The second thing is email me, hello at zdogmd.com. I get all these emails personally. I can't respond to them all, but I need to hear your voice because especially on podcast, we don't have a comment section. And I wanna hear how this episode affected you, what you'd like to hear in the future, what you think we got wrong, what we think we got right, anything, anything, or just say hi. So that's really powerful. And the third thing is, Financially, it helps us a lot to support the show in any way you can. And if you go to zdogmd.com forward slash supporters, you can join our supporter tribe on your favorite platform, YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, wherever. What that will get you on those platforms is live shows with me that are exclusive for supporters. 
and access to our Zoom meetings where we talk about awakening realization and we share with each other our own experience. It's a powerful group effect. It's a community, really. And we support and love each other and share, again, through our own experience, how we're waking up. So, and that that ripples out into systems, into transforming healthcare and education and government. So it st really starts with us. So join us there if you can. Again, zdogmd.com forward slash supporters. And I'm so grateful to have you with us.